Hello and welcome to Care Insights with the Outstanding Society, a podcast created to share and celebrate best practice, help others to improve and learn more about the amazing career opportunities within social care. Zoe is joined by Alex Ball, Operations Manager at Stowe Healthcare, and Ben Miller, Registered Manager at Castleford House, to discuss their career journey so far. Excellent. Well, welcome, Alex and Ben, to, to our podcast. Can I start by asking Alex to introduce yourself and tell me a bit about your current role at the moment? Yeah, thanks, Zoe. Um, my name's Alex Ball. I'm the operations manager at Stowe Healthcare Group. Um, we're a small group based in East Anglia. Um, we've got seven homes at the moment and we take over failed services and turn them around into good and outstanding homes. Fantastic. And may I ask Ben, can you introduce yourself and tell me a bit about your, your role at the moment? Yeah, hi Zoe. Uh, my name is Ben Miller. I'm registered manager of Castleford House Nursing Home, which is a 38-bedded nursing, dementia, residential home in Chepstow in Gloucestershire. I'm also a registered mental health nurse and I'm really looking forward to being a part of this. Fantastic. Thank you. And if I can stay with you, Ben, can I ask you what, what made you start a career in social care? Because I know that you've been on quite a big journey um, within your career. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to to start this by saying how passionate I was about social care when I was when I was young, and how I, I really wanted to do it, and how I fell into a job that I love. But to be quite honest, I fell into a career in social care by pure fluke and, and dumb luck and chance in my arm. I was unemployed, uh, having been made redundant from a job when I was uh, eighteen, hadn't long started there, and applied for lots of jobs in my local area. And the only one that got back to me was a nursing home, which was Castleford House. And uh, because I needed the money and I wanted the job, I came up and I genuinely thought I was going to be coming into a job where there was going to be lots of little old ladies sat around the fire knitting, talking about the war whilst I served out tea. And that was genuinely what I thought I was going to be doing. So it was a real eye opener coming into work in this environment but if anything I'm, I'm very perseverant and very stubborn and uh, I didn't have the best induction that's possibly a story for another day but I didn't get the best induction um, but that's inspired me to make sure that everyone else's future induction process is a lot better than mine and once I actually got to know the people who live at Castleford and got um, involved in the team a lot more I fell in love with it and it's one of those things where I just couldn't imagine from about two months in I couldn't imagine doing anything else but working in social care in some way shape or form. Fantastic that's brilliant thanks a lot Ben and and Alex for you um, when did you start in social care and and again you've been on a real journey working your way up um, the ladder can you tell me a bit about that please? Yeah, I think um, mine is very much similar to, to Ben's story and kind of fell into it a bit by accident, really. Um, my very first job in social care was just um, in, in the home in my village. A friend worked there and said, Do you, are you looking for weekend work while well, we were um, still at school? And it was just a chance to earn a bit of money, really. And then that home um, 
was was very poorly run it was a single home operator and closed down and um, we went through the closure process and residents were moved out of the home and that was when one of the residents ended up moving to um, Stowe Langtoft Hall which is now part of the Stowe Healthcare Group and that's how I started there so I moved over there uh, Ruth the director put up a poster in in the home as it was closing and said does anyone want to kind of jump ship and come across and work for us so a little cohort of us went together and I think it kind of touches a little bit on what Ben was saying about the the induction and how you start somewhere and it's something that I'm quite keen for now is it was it was really that buddy system and the fact that we all already knew each other and we all went across together it just made that starting somewhere new a little bit easier um, and we we all started there in various roles so I was in the kitchen a couple of them were on the domestic team and a couple joined the care team so we were a bit of a cohort together and really from there I, I worked there while I was doing my degree sort of part-time in my head it was never really a long-term permanent role for me and we you know what it's like in the sector you kind of somebody's off you jump in and you cover um, a bit of this a bit of that I did a bit of domestic work um, a bit of cooking in the kitchen and then an activities role came up um, sort of full time so I thought I would you kind of build your confidence with with the people that you're looking after and you, you get to know them and think yeah I can I can have a go at that so probably for a year there I did activities and were like learned a whole different skill set there having done a different job in the home and I was then at the point where I thought I need to kind of look at what I want to do longer term and actually stepped away from the home at that point but that wasn't the point the company was expanding and buying new homes and they decided that they needed a kind of group function and open their head office and Ruth the director approached me and said would this be something that you're interested in supporting with some general admin work and just supporting me in a kind of executive assistant role so that's how I ended up in that kind of area and I've never really looked back. Fantastic thanks for sharing that story Alex and you've both actually mentioned the the induction process um, it's obviously so important to have that good process especially with new people coming into social care what do you think would be a a perfect vision of of what a an, a perfect induction would look like and can I start with you there Alex please yeah it's I guess it's something that a lot of people are trying to to get right and I don't know if there is a one-size-fits-all approach I think it depends on your organization your service and your staff team and I think that will evolve as we see like the next generation of staff coming through because they have different characteristics but I think for us and, and from my experience is having that kind of friend and buddy that you can so you're not feeling alone and you're not joining somewhere alone and you feel like the, the newbie and the outcast from the main group because the staff teams in in these kind of settings can be very tight and it is very it's very like kind of like a family isn't it and it's how we how we induct that person into that family unit and and, and bring them in effectively so yeah a team-based approach I think is definitely something to consider we we've moved our uh, theory induction onto zoom and what it's done is it creates a bit of a cohort and people all different roles get to go on the induction together so you might have a nurse with a domestic from another home and then a maintenance guy from another home and everyone's got something to learn from one another and it's important that everyone has an equal place at that table when you're 
when you're learning and you're being inducted somewhere. Fantastic. I, I think that's excellent. Have, having it over Zoom with, with different members of your team. And Ben, can I ask you, what do you think a, a perfect induction looks like with, within your, your home? I, I get a bit of stick for my opinions on induction because I, I very much have a very slow supernumerary induction. So I, I tend to give anything from six to 12 weeks supernumerary time for anyone starting in, in this environment to give them the best opportunity to, to be inducted. And the induction, the recruitment induction retention process needs to be, in my opinion, a, a circular cycle of recruit them, uh, recruit the best, induct them the best way, train them up so that they can then induct the next lot of people who are coming in to the same standards. So it needs to go in a, in a cycle where you, you're bringing in people who, who are the best and train them to be the best. And that sounds more like a, a slogan for the army than it does for, for social care. But that's, that's how it needs to be, very intense, because you need to make sure that the people who are coming in are able to work in difficult crisis situations um so whilst it, it, it's it's a bit of a oxymoron i think it is where it's slow it's slow and supernumerary but also it is quite intense because you've got to learn quite a a lot in a short space of time by the end of their 12 weeks we need to be confident they're going to go when i go right you're free now to go and work as as you know as part of the team they're not floundering and struggling and yeah we, we've got a, a lot of processes in place that help people get through that it's we, we don't take risks with ours um, it starts with the interview process where if we don't think someone's going to be suitable we don't kind of go oh well we'll give them a go and see they they don't they don't get in through the door and then it's about encouraging your current team to be constructive and be able to criticize so that they're not signing off people who aren't going to fit into that mold into the team mold or who aren't working to standard so getting people to have those difficult conversations you're not able to do this so here's a plan that you need to adhere to but if you're not adhering to this within two weeks really sorry you're going to throw your induction um and about some last month it was three people failed their induction here but that's a good thing because that means they weren't going to be suitable for the team so you need to make sure as a manager that you are firm but fair you know if people aren't able to do it it's not a case of oh but they're nice we'll give them a chance it needs to be these people we're caring for are absolute priority and they deserve the absolute best so if they're not working to standard they shouldn't be working here fantastic no thank thanks for sharing that ben and and i think you you mentioned about about you know retention and a, a really long supernumerary um process which which i i think is is the way forward and the outstanding society talks a lot about um about retention ahead of recruitment and it really does start from that day one of being in an organization do you think um alex how how do you how do you really embrace people on on their day one of of working within stowe healthcare yeah i think it, it kind of goes back to what what ben was saying there but i was interesting i was talking to somebody about this this week is that we forget the role that we're asking people to do sometimes when some of these people especially when they're new to care they come in and they haven't experienced kind of seeing somebody without any clothes on or any level of dealing with bodily fluid and you kind of when you're in a role like that and you're doing it day to day and you're trying to induct someone you forget that actually these are massive things and I think uh, and when I moved into a role 
like that where it was kind of frontline and you were dealing with um, residents on a day-to-day basis I didn't start there it was going into their rooms as a domestic and you kind of you see a bit of an insight into that so it's when you're bringing in a carer on day one that doesn't know anything it you really do need that time to 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 respect what the what the role that they're going to be doing is and to give them time to adjust to that and set it out and, and really kind of start at the basics go back to basics it's things like the welcome and the getting to know that person and building up that trust and relationship with them before you're then delivering that personal care because that's a very personal intimate job that somebody's doing and in order to be able to do it properly you need to build that relationship as a starting point and um so yeah day day one is kind of just starting to get to know the people and the service as it were and what it is you're actually going to be doing because if you throw people in straight away you're setting them up to fail excellent no thank you very much and if I can just take you both a step back really um how how do you locally encourage people to to come and work within your care home whether that be schools whether it be people who are retired how do you actually promote social care out there Ben could I start with you there please make sure your name's out there social media local newspaper local news we've recently some of our some of the people living here and our head of lifestyles was interviewed by the local BBC for the radio for an event we did it was all over social media we make sure that our name's out there. I set myself the target at the start of the year that we have to have at least, I think it's five pieces of positive media in our local paper. So that's either half, not, not job adverts, but half a page spread of something we've done. We've won an award, we've held this event. This person did this amazing thing to make sure that our name's out there. People know who we are. We're, we're, not, we're not remote, but where our location is, we're not in kind of like a busy town. Uh, where people drive past all the time. We're kind of like a house on a hill that people drive past and go, oh, no, that is, that's like a nice building. Without, you know, we've got signage, but it's it's still kind of far enough away that people, if they drove past us, wouldn't know who we are. So, um, and that applied to me because I lived in an local area for 10 years before I came to work here and I didn't know what this place was when I came for my interview. So I do my absolute best to make sure that we're constantly in the public eye. So I say we would be doing event on social media, we share it in the local community page and we get people commenting and saying, oh, I can't wait to see what you guys are doing next. And we make sure that we promote the team as much in our job adverts. We, um, my, our job adverts are tailored to, I've, re, I've read books, listened to podcasts, I've attended webinars, I've researched what, what a perfect job advert would look like so that when we advertise our jobs, we, we list off who this, who, who, um, this job will benefit. Are you someone, if, if, if it's bank, are you someone at uni looking for some extra money? If it's part-time, are you, are you in college or are you in college or, or sixth form looking for, looking, looking for something to prepare your career? Um, if you want to become a doctor or something like that, you know, if it's, um, if it, again, if it's bank, maybe stay-at-home mums or, you know, people with limited childcare and, and things like that. And so we, we do that to try and make sure that we get everyone's attention. And someone I hired in January said the only reason that she applied for the job was because we put on there experience is not necessary because a comprehensive induction training and supervision program is provided because she'd run her local hospital looking for a job and they laughed at her on the phone and asked her why the hell she was applying because she hasn't got experience so when you've got things that are happening it's no wonder that other places are struggling so you need to make sure you cover as many bases as possible and that's 
that's pretty much what we do. Fantastic. No, thanks, Ben. And from from your point of view, Alex, um, how how do you do that within your local community for your homes? Yeah, we are one of our homes in particular is is very remote, and you have to be able to drive or get a lift out there. There is no public transport links, so again, we are very like reaching out to the local community and the people that live in that area and how we can attract those people. We spent a fair bit of time back at the beginning going to careers fairs at school and it was just a complete waste of our time if I'm honest um people would parents in particular would walk kids past their our stand to other stands and say that's you, you don't want to work at the local care home so we decided that wasn't the right forum for us and we needed direct face time with the students so got in touch with their tutor and held sessions classroom-based sessions so when they were attending their lessons we'd go out and speak to them directly about what work in social care is like and we do quite a lot of work of changing perceptions of careers in care with younger people and the opportunities the weekend work that we pay the same rate for somebody who's 16 to 18 as we do um, any of our other staff because we expect an adult day's work out of them and if they're willing to come and join us and give an adult day's work we're willing to pay an adult day's pay and it kind of snowballed from there really and we linked up with them to do part of their infection control module for their um, A-level course which was really interesting working with them in their curriculum and looking at things like PPE and how it's used in a real life setting and bringing that to life really for them and giving them something not just theory based that they're learning from a textbook but coming out and showing how this stuff is used in real life we took the hand washing gel to them so they could wash their hands and the show under the uv light how badly they'd wash their hands and they all love that but it's stuff that they're going to remember and it sticks in their mind and that's what we need to do is get out there and be memorable and they remember us as a company and then they they come to us and apply for weekend jobs and even if you have someone for a couple of years at the weekend you're still getting an awful lot of value from those people and you're giving your experience of your service to them and we've had people go off and do nursing degrees we've had um, somebody that's now going to medical school but we've contributed to their career but in turn they've given back to our homes and our residents. I, th I think that's fantastic and and it's given those people the opportunity and and for them to understand actually how how a career in social care can help you progress um ben do you encourage um um workforce from schools coming to do um to do placements in terms of their yeah do you encourage that yeah we we get a lot of people from the local college come in to do that uh, placement as part of the health and social care modules and we also get um, students trained to be doctors from Cardiff University coming to us to do uh, about a week it's about a week's worth and it's been really beneficial one of our senior carers actually did I think it's a three-month placement with us going back in 2017 and she enjoyed it so much that she came back as a carer and is now one of our senior carers and from that as well her sister came and worked for us and is now banking with us while she's at uni doing a nursing degree so we've seen a lot of benefit to those things. I mean, it's it's a great selling point because um, you it encourages it, again it encourages the local community that you know social care is not just for kind of people who can't get jobs elsewhere or you know pe people like that. It's, it's it's for everyone. And we've got people from 
from all walks of life here. You know, we've we have um, we have Romanian nationals, we have um, people who are gay, lesbian, bisexual. We've got sixteen-year-olds. We've got people who are in their seventies working here. You know, we've got such a variety, and it, it's fantastic. And it's like Alex said, it, it's it's like it's like a family, sometimes slightly dysfunctional, but it, it's it's very much like like a family environment. And it's it's translating that into the community that this is. You know, this is, it's not just, it's not just a family, it's also a fun place to work. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't come in, wash people, dress people, feed people, take them to the toilet. We come in and we go to the beach and we go in the garden and we've got chickens and rabbits and guinea pigs and beehives. And we've got these really exciting things. You know, we've got a hot tub, we've got people in a hot tub. Um, you know, we, we, we put people on a water slide. There's so many fun, exciting things you can do in social care. It's not just the, the tedium and the monotony and the, you know, drag burnt out carers that people are wanting to portray it as, or even worse, if you see the panorama, you know, the abuse that goes on. It's, it's a really fun place to work. And it, that it needs to be sold in that way to, to not just the local community, but to everyone. Yeah. No, I, I think that's brilliant. And and I've seen a lot of your your posts on social media as well. And it's it's amazing. It's um yeah, the, the smiles on people's faces. Um, if I can take you back a little bit, Ben, um, you're, you're actually a registered nurse now, a registered mental health nurse. Um, you must have had so much drive to get there. So so what what do you feel you needed behind you to to progress to where you are now? Uh, similar to my, I, 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 you know, I, I'd love, I'd love to tell you, Zoe, that yeah, that that's one, once I fell in love with the job, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, again, pure fluke and dumb luck and chance in my arm. Uh, we had, I had a particularly bad shift here one day as a care assistant. It was a long day. I picked up a lot of extra shifts. It was something like day three or four in a row, something like that. And I was at half past six in the evening. My shift was half an hour finished. Uh, nearly uh, half an hour finishing. Came down the back stairs and two of the nurses sat in the office drinking tea. And I was enraged because I was so annoyed that I was slugging my guts off. I didn't know what they'd been doing. That could have been their first break of the day for all I know. I, I, but I, I, I literally, I came home and I went, you know what, I could do that. I could sit in the office and drink tea. And as a, just, I just opened up to uh, Googled how to apply for nursing and just applied without even really thinking about it. Uh, got accepted, winged an interview, didn't even take it that seriously, to be honest, and got into uni and managed to get through university with a huge deal of imposter syndrome and feeling like I didn't belong and I wasn't going to succeed. And it was as much of a shock to me as it was to anyone when I actually graduated and got and got a degree. It, it was, uh, my plan was never to work in social care when I when I graduated. Now, when I went to uni, my first two years, I was working as a, a member of bank carer at Castleford, but I my third year, I struggled so much with my studies and, and work and things like that, that I, I stopped working altogether to focus on my studies. And when I left, I, I hand wrote a letter that I put up in um, outside the manager's office, very tongue in cheek, that says, if I ever come back here, I'm going to be in charge of the place. And it was, it, that, was that was just me being very arrogant, didn't mean it. And at the start of our third year, we all got sat down and just basically told that in the area where we were in Gloucestershire, that they were cutting pretty much all the services. And that's a very good chance we weren't going to get jobs and be qualified. So we better off start planning our, our job, our job search now. And uh, ended up working in a, when I graduated in a 95 bedded nursing home in, um, in Monmouth, which I hated. Prime example of how not to run a nursing home. I won't go too much into it. But when the job available came available at Castleford for a nurse, I jumped at the chance and came back here and I haven't left. Came back here in 2013, deputy manager by 2014, registered manager by 2016. And um, my aim initially was to go as high as I could go. Right now, I don't want to do 
anything else. I love this job. It, it's it's what I want. It's for me. This this is me. And six and a half years I've been doing it nearly, and it's absolutely fantastic. I think that drive you mentioned, I've probably had that since I qualified. I think that's probably because, in my opinion, I didn't do myself justice at university at all. And now I'm more than making up for that. I've done more qualifications, diplomas, extra learning, whatever I possibly can. Uh, I've, you know, and I've, I've done whatever I can to make up for that time at university. And I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still thriving. I, I want to get the word out there. I'll say to anyone who works here, anyone who talks to me, you want you want to go and do better. You should be going do, do nursing, social work, occupational therapy. Um, it, it's great having carers, and carers are great. But when I hire up, when I recruit these youngsters, especially anyone 16 to 25. You know, I'm saying to them in the interviews, what do you want to be? What what do you want to do? Because it's great if you want to be careful for the rest of your life. That's great. You you know, we want the best here. And the best don't tend to just want to be carers. They want to stay, learn, thrive, get an MVQ, be a senior carer. And they want to go and do be, be a nurse. They want to go and be a doctor. And they, they want to do these absolutely fantastic things. And that's, that's what I want for people. I want the absolute best for them. And I'll do, at the moment here, we've got five members of staff who are, going to uni to be nurses or are at uni being nurses and I've got one going to uni to do geography which is a bit weird but she wants to be something higher up in geography and I've got one going to be a, a dental nurse so I've got you know we've got so many people that are, are using this as a springboard and a platform and when they go to uni even if they leave I proofread their essays for them if they want me to I, I provide references I'll do whatever I you know I'll do whatever I can to to make it work for them because like I said I struggled at uni and I would have wanted that support from other people Fantastic. Oh, no, that's brilliant. And and if I could just ask you one more question, Ben. So mm -hmm. so what would you say to to train nurses to to try and encourage them into social care, um, but, but to make it more more attractive? What is it as a nurse, a career in social care like? It's having not uh, whilst my own experience of working in the NHS was on placement at university here if the home or the setting you're working in is appropriately staffed and provides you with the, the tools and processes and systems, it's the time that you get to spend with people. And that might be the residents, that might be the team, that might be their families. It, it's that, that time that you get. And I'll give you an example. Just Tuesday, just gone, we had to take a resident to A&E as a precaution. And we were in A&E for 14 and a half hours waiting with this lady with dementia. And there were people, we got there at half past four. There were people who'd been there since seven o'clock in the morning. And it was just a constant churning cycle of stress. Everything was boiling over. Everyone's frustrated. You barely see anybody. And as a nurse, I appreciate the NHS's stretch capacity and things. That's got to be an awful environment to work in. When you can come to a place like this and spend time with people, sit with them and talk to them and watch you updating their care plans. Go out on trips with them. You know, it's not just it's not just the clinical side of things, taking the blood, the you know, the um, the changing catheters. It's the having fun as well, and that's that's priceless. And you don't get that so much in an NHS setting. You, you that's all rushing, churning them out of hospital, tick boxing. You know, working short staff, loads of agency. And I said, if the if the setting you work in has the has the resources, the staffing levels. So this, you're not just a nurse in a place like this, you're, you know, you're a counsellor, a therapist, you're a, um, you, 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 you're a bus driver, you take people out on trips, you know, you, you're a hot tub companion. There's so many things you can do. You get out, you get out of social care, what you put into it, I find. And so, yeah, it's, it's not just about being a nurse, 
and I had a nurse leave a couple of years ago because she went to the NHS because she felt she was becoming de-skilled. Well, I've looked at that and I've changed it now. So we're we're doing our own syringe drivers here, which a lot of places, care settings don't. One, that frees up district nurses, which is great for the community, but also we're on a waiting list to be part of a trial in the area to do IVs to stop people going out of here to go to hospital unnecessarily. So we're also trying to make sure that our nurses stay upskilled and are doing as, as much as possible so they're not just coming in and, and feeling bored or de-skilled and then they have to go elsewhere to, to get those skills. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ben. And for you, Alex, if I if I can finish off so so if if there was something that, that you could say to, to people out there about working in social care, what what would be that that one thing um, to encourage people in? And that's whatever role they are in um, at the beginning of a career. I think it's like you say come and give it a go because um and like for me the role that you start with is not necessarily the role that you finish with or end up with and there's so much more to care than care and being a carer not that that role isn't exceptionally important but it's no more important than working in the kitchen or working as a cleaner um without all of those different cogs the whole system wouldn't run properly and for anyone kind of younger coming in there's other opportunities you know things like and like Ben's talking about social media now is a big part of advertising PR for jobs and young people love all of that stuff so come along to your care home and support them with social media or create TikToks with them and look at how they can get a bigger reach it's things like that that um, the innovation that we need to do as, as a sector to kind of reach out and bring people in and help them understand where we're struggling with things like recruitment and how we can do it a bit more effectively working online and things like marketing communication that kind of stuff that's all really important as well and we need people to support with that and it that that's not the the first perception you get when you think of jobs in social care but they are all such vital roles things like finance and that kind of stuff there's those roles in the sector as well and it's kind of spreading the word about that and getting getting people in and understanding what different jobs and the variety of jobs you can come and have in a sector fantastic well a huge thank you to both of you and actually congratulations because because you've worked your way up the, the the ladder in in social care which is absolutely amazing and you're both part of award-winning companies so so I think you should both be really proud and and thank you so much for sharing your experiences today the outstanding society is a community interest company it's free to join and is open to everyone you don't need to have an outstanding rating to be a member.